All right, we rolling. All right. You ready? Yes. Welcome to the studio. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, I try. I think this will be uh this will be good. A good chance for me to show a different side of myself. A good chance for my uh listeners, supporters and everyone to get to know me a little better or maybe differently. I think it's differently. All right, so you came fully prepared, I see. An entire yes. sheet of blank paper. Let's talk about my sheet of paper. You yeah. said be prepared, so I'm not. Wow, you took me seriously, huh? Yeah. See, it has the date, though. At least it has June 25th. Okay, you know what day at it is. At the corner. At the corner. You didn't right write there. your name on it. No. Just the date. Yeah, that's it. All right. Because, let me tell you why, though. There's a method to my madness. I've always believed that the most authentic moments happen when you just let them happen. I agree. That's it. So I don't, what was I supposed to bring? Nothing. Yourself. You're here. I'm here. You can introduce yourself as you like. Um, my name is Yeda. I am uh, your friend. We've known each other for a couple of years now. Quite some uh, time. Pretty much ever since you moved to Atlanta. Yep. I think I met you like right after you'd moved. I was here for a few weeks. Aw. That was a baby. When I met you, you cried. I remember All right. that. Wow, that, that, that's not on the that. sheet. That, that really happened. That happened, y'all. Well, let's get down to the bottom of why I may have cried and all the other things that I've experienced in life. But whatever you want to ask, you are good at bringing out the genuineness in people. So I figured this would be a good idea. I mean, it's June, which is mostly known for being Pride Month. So shout out to the LGBTQ plus community. Woo-hoo. It's also Men's Mental Health Month. Which nobody really knows. They don't put a spotlight on that, but it's true. So, it is true. So before we end the month, which you obviously know what day it is because that's all you have on your sheet. 25th, y'all. It's the 25th. Let's dive into my mental health, why don't we? All right. So let's get to it. I'm in the moment. Stay in the moment. Yeah. Hey. The first thing I'd like to ask is this. How do you feel today? I feel pretty good. Good is not a feeling. Oh, oh man, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, I feel relaxed. Is that a feeling? That's a feeling, yeah. Have you ever seen a feeling wheel? Yes, you've showed me one. And then you gave me homework to do, and I never did it. You should have done it because it's helpful. I need a feeling wheel. A part of being emotionally intelligent is being aware of just how you feel. All right, so give me some examples of some feelings. So feeling relaxed is a feeling. It normally comes from the family of happy. Hmm. And there's like different levels, Mm -hmm. different phases of happiness. So there's happy, there's serene, there's peaceful, there's relaxed, there's joyful, I feel happy because I'm grateful for where I am, where I'm going, what I've done. The fact that uh, my family is healthy, I'm healthy. I have a lot in my life to be grateful for. You know, I feel blessed. At the same time, I'm kind of always on guard, feeling like something may come or things may happen to where I'll have to, you know, put my head down and get through it. Like, whatever God wants me to go through, I'm always prepared to go through it. Ten toes down, head up, chest out, let's do it. So I'm always kind of happy, but at the same time, ready, if that makes sense. 
It does make sense. And I wonder why. I wonder where, because what, you know, you've always been that way ever since I met you, that um, you're probably one of the most grateful people I've ever met. You're also very humble. Um, I wish people could see that a little bit more because you really are one of the most humble people I've ever met. Um, I'm struggling with that, too, to be honest. Yeah, I can tell. Can you? Yeah. Okay, continue. I think it's, and, and that's where I was going to get with this. And I wonder if the reason you're struggling with it is because it's like, it feels like you have almost like an expectation of like, everything is good right now and I'm grateful for this, but it's just a matter of time before the shoe drops mm-hmm. type deal. And that, I wonder when that started. That's a part of it. Um, that's followed me my entire life. I think... um, Yeah, but it's a little more obvious recently. Well, I think that's a part of what comes with being a public figure, right? And always Mm -hmm. being in the spotlight, I guess. That's that's been a tough adjustment for me. I was never that guy. A lot of people don't really know that about me, unless you know me, know me. But I was never the guy that wanted to be the center of attention. I didn't grow up talking a lot. Around my, my inner circle, I was pretty vocal. And they knew when I became a comedian to them, it was like, about time. But to most people, it was like, fam, you didn't even talk. I didn't. I was always reserved. I was always to myself. I never wanted, I never liked how much people judge each other. And I knew that as a kid. And I didn't even realize that I knew it. But I did. I never enjoyed that. Like, I don't want to judge people. I don't want to be in the center of judgment. I just want to do my thing and somewhat be left alone. I was the only child for like 10 years before my first sister came. So... Within that time, I just kind of learned to really be to myself. And I I think that's where my creativity comes from. At the same time, that's where the fact that I'm so comfortable alone comes from. And when you get into this industry, you realize really quickly that so many people are going to have judgments of you. And, you know, like just the other day, I I heard someone say to me, man, these people were saying that you're not a friendly person. I've never met these people. (laughs) So it was weird to me. Like, how do you even know that? The four agreements, one of them is don't assume. It's a great <laughs> book. <laughs> you should read it. <laughs> I mean, I'm out here doing my best, and here you are assuming. One of us are not within the four principles here. You know what I mean? And so I think when you get so many people constantly um, giving their opinions about you and judging you, and it's, it's 90% of the time it's inaccurate, it's unfair, it's not based upon anything, Sometimes it's people who you've done so much for or you've gone out your way for. And then you got people who just hate on you or who are just mad at you and their experience is their experience, but then they'll go out their way to try to attack your character. And I was raised to just always be kind and always be humble because as quickly as you got there, God can take it. Right. And that's kind of what keeps me humble, but that's also what makes me feel like the other shoe can always drop. So, yeah, you could be great. You could be dope. Things could be flourishing. You could be successful. But at any moment, all of that can be gone. So I carry myself that way. And I guess it can be a good thing and also a bad thing to an extent. I think that's beautiful, actually. I think that's really beautiful. I think shout out to your parents and your grandmothers and everyone else who took a part of raising you that way because it really is very insightful. You know, my grandma that passed, that was the last thing she said to me. Mm. She, she said to me, um, we were in a van, and she was speaking to how just happy she was to see that what I'd always worked for 
was yeah. was really happening and that the world was starting to get a chance to see who she knew me to be. And um, she just, for whatever reason, in that moment was like, you know, I want you to always be humble. Always. And I said, of course, Grandma. And she looked at me like, no, I'm serious. Almost as if she can see what was coming. Yeah. And she knew she wouldn't be here to tell me, to remind me again. So it was her one chance to say it so that it would stick in my head no matter what happened. And it did. And it always will. And I promised her. So technically, that's the last thing I told her I would do. So I can't go against that now. That's so sweet. <laughs> it's real. No, I know it is. Absolutely. I know it is. And I, I think that she probably, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool when you really are able to truly love someone wholeheartedly, not for who they present to be today, but in your belief of how and what they can be tomorrow. And I think that your your parents, your whole family has done a phenomenal job loving you through that, not just in that right now, but also in like who you're meant to be. Um, and I think that's part of the reason where all this comes from, this like innate confidence of despite where I'm at right now, I know I'm so much better than my circumstances and always believing in yourself. And I definitely think that part of the reason you're feeling this way, it sounds like, is because of that. Um, I think there's a big, I don't know if it's conflict. I don't want to use the word conflict, but nothing else is coming to mind currently of like finding a balance between where you were where you are right now and preparing for the future type deal because it seems like that is a space of exploration that needs to happen, if that makes sense. For sure. Because who you, because before you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like you were up until now, you were prepared to be this, where you are today. You have been preparing for this moment your whole life. Mm -hmm. You're here Mm -hmm. and now what? Right. And it's funny because you, you think, when someone is prepared for something their entire life, that when it comes, yeah. are you ready? Right. It's what you always wanted. Right. Let's go, right? But you don't know what comes with it. You can see it. Like, I've envisioned it all in my mind. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look like this. It's going to feel like that. But you don't envision all of the shit that comes with it. Absolutely. It, and- you know? You envision the, the holding a trophy up at the end of the day, but you don't envision what the fans are going to say to you throughout the season. And... What those games are going to feel like when you gave your all and you bust your ass and it just wasn't enough. Those feelings you can't really prepare for. Those things are, are tough. And it's you want to be humble and you want to wear it the way that you have been raised to wear it. At the same time, it's unfortunate that I just saw a meme on Instagram that say when you're humble, a lot of times it makes people think they can play with you. Right. So then sometimes you feel like you need to put this armor on of... No, fuck everyone then, right? Because no one helped me get here. All of these people that are trying to tear me down did not help me get here. You didn't help build me up. So why the hell would you want to tear me down, right? Like, I, it, as basic as it may sound, I never understood the hating on each other theory. It's always been weird to me. Why am I hating on somebody else? What they got to do with me? I'm just hating on anything that gets in my way. Long as they ain't over here, I'm cool. Do whatever you want. So when I felt that for the first time, what that was like, and when I realized that this is such a dog-eat-dog kind of industry, whether it's comedy, radio, music, all of it, is like 
smile in your face, stab you in the back type shit from a lot of people. You got to adjust. A lot of people I've heard in this business say this shit worse than the streets. Like people who have come from the streets are like, I felt safer in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. So it's difficult to remain humble and kind and see the good in people when you feel like in order to continue to elevate, you know it's only going to get worse. You know you're going to have to deal with a complete different level of shit that you didn't prepare for. So it's finding that balance, and that's not always easy. That's currently where I'm at. And how do you think this has changed you? Or has it? What, radio in general or just everything? I just... I just wonder, I think, again, right, we're, we're talking about, like, finding a balance between all of the things that have happened to you. Um, because I don't think people realize what it took and how, what adjustments you had to make um, to get to where you are mm-hmm. right now. So how do you think overall all of this has changed you? Oh, it's changed me in a lot of ways. Um, so if you look at it for what it is, right, I was doing comedy from working in the mailroom. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was probably doing comedy in front of what started off as 13 people, eventually led to maybe 100, max. Um, Then I would go right back to the mailroom, right? And then all of a sudden, I get this offer to come join the Burt Show, and I said, cool, let's do it. Why not, right? And, yeah, a lot of it was amazing. But there's an adjustment of... Oh, shit. Like, I am going to be getting judged by all these strangers. All of these people are going to have all these things to say. And a million people could say, yo, you're amazing. You're so good. And then five say you're a piece of shit. You should shut up. <laughs> you only see the five, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, and I hate that. That was something, that's something I'm still trying to work on. But it's changed me in a lot of ways. I mean, it's changed me in the better for uh, my confidence um, believing in myself, trusting myself, having a voice, not being afraid to truly speak on what I genuinely feel. Um, I think it's made me a stronger person, a better person. It's one of those things where they say, you know, oh, money will change you, success will change you, but not necessarily, right? It, it typically just brings out more of who you already were, so... I think it's all made me a better person, a more grateful person. Um, now, the other side of that, I've definitely become more of a guarded person. Yeah, of course. For sure. Um, because you're seeing what the insecurities people project. Yeah, it's rough. It's yeah. rough. When you're getting it from everywhere, from inside the house, outside the house, yeah. you know, everywhere you go. Um, I lost a lot of friends Yeah. in finding success. That was weird to me. I always thought it would be the other way around. But you get more friends, fake friends, you know. Um, I've had people I've worked with who we've done amazing things together. And I thought, like, we had the greatest relationship. And then you come to find out, no, you don't. They they don't think too highly of you at all. And it's like, damn, what did I ever do to you? Like, I'm the kind of person I just want to come to work, do my thing, and go home, you know. So you, you go through that. Makes it very difficult to trust people, to believe in people, to see the good in people. Yeah. People try to take advantage of you. Yeah. Get close to you just to do that. That's been tough. Dating became impossible. Yeah. Um, I mean, even something I don't think anybody really ever thinks about when it comes to radio is 
the truth of the matter is negativity sells. Yeah. Right? Like that's what people want. You can't get on a radio show and talk about all of the beautiful things that happens in relationships and in life. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Yeah. So think about what it does to your psyche to have someone call up every day and tell you how they think someone is cheating on them. Right. And then they are. Right. And you go through years and years and years of this person's cheating on this person. This person is, is, is doing this behind this person's back. You know what I mean? Like imagine being, I guess, a staff member on Jerry Springer back in the day or some shit. None of that's good. And it's hard, at least it, it was for me, and still is sometimes, to separate that from, okay, that's not everybody's reality. That's a percentage of people. But when that's all you hear and deal with every day, it changes your perspective a little bit on life and on people. So it's tough. How how has your perspective changed? Like, you just told us why it changed. So what has it changed to? Because, you know, the truth of the matter is that it happens to everyone. There's a season for everything. Everyone goes through seasons. You should never stay this, the same. You should always change. Now, sometimes people let their past negative experiences take the best of them. For and sure. Normally, um, what ends up happening is that just they evolve into a very traumatized person and then they go around hurting other people. Um, hurt people, hurt people. Right. So the goal is to do the opposite of that, but let's face it, most people don't because that requires accountability, right? Right. It requires you to look at your part in situations, not just being the victim, but looking at your part. So how has your perspective changed now? In a negative way? In whatever way you want to share. No, you want the negative. See, that's 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 what we were just talking about. I know you want the negative. No, <laughs> I actually I want to hear all of it, but the negative is a part of it. But I really would be interested in also hearing like how it's changed for the better. All right, so so the better give us, give us all of it. all of it. All right, um, I think the 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 main way that my perspective has changed for the better is I'm at a place in my life where I genuinely feel like I can do anything. I can accomplish mm-hmm. absolutely anything. And that's a beautiful place to be. Man, that 12 year old boy from Brooklyn is really, really mm-hmm. inside of me smiling over that, right? Aww. Because I was always, um, I always appeared to have the absolute most confidence in myself. Everyone around me always felt like that. But the truth is, when I was younger, it was the complete opposite. It's like a facade. I had to build myself up because I, I lacked so much confidence in myself of what I could and couldn't do. And I was the kid that if I thought I could do something, but somebody said I couldn't, then I couldn't. I believed them. Yeah. You know, and when I wanted to become a comedian and my parents felt like, eh, I don't know. You know, it'd be much easier for you to go and be a police officer. Your dad got that on lock. Mm -hmm. That's the safer route. When your parents tell you that the safer route is to carry a gun and be a police officer, Mm -hmm. you got some questions. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the first time in my life where I said, nah, I'm going with me. I'm going to bet on me. And it worked. And I continued to bet on me. And a lot of time, when you get to certain levels, you're going to have to continue to bet on you, man. Like every day. That's, you do the big one, and you leap, and it works, and you think, all right, we cruising now. Nah. You cruise for about five minutes. And then you got another situation where you got to bet on you. And then it continues to happen. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right? You start to feel like, oh, this betting on me thing is pretty fly. And then you get that 
confidence that you need in order to truly feel like I can do absolutely anything. Nothing will rock me. Nothing will shake me. None of that water will get inside this ship. We moving. That's the good. That's what the struggle of, man, can I really adjust to the bird show? Can I do this? Am I built for this? Can I adjust to radio, period? You know what I mean? Can I adjust to being the only black guy in the room? Can I adjust to dealing with all of these opinions and people? In the beginning, when everyone was like, oh, you don't talk enough. I couldn't sleep over that shit. I'm going home like, damn it. Like, y'all gave me six days. <laughs> right? Like, they brought yeah. me all the way here. They're about, they about to get rid of me. You know, I, I could not sleep. I was struggling. Um, then you get your name on the show. Whoa. That's more pressure. Yeah. JMO now. We got to make this work. Then the podcast starts to do hundreds of thousands of downloads and listens. That pressure. Then you go to the comedy shows. And where it used to be 10 people there. Now people are paying $40 and flying from out of town to come see me. All of those levels bring you new pressures. And when you continue to just say, I got this, and trust and believe, that's one thing I've always had was faith. If I ain't have shit else, I had faith. This is going to work out. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who's going to help. I don't know nothing, but it's going to work. I got my faith. I think that's the good, is once I finally got through all of those struggles, as hard as they may have been at the time, that's the joy at the end of the tunnel is that once you do it, you know, you can. So there's no reason to believe you can't do anything. Right. Well, it sounds like you found your place and your space in the world. I think that when I hear your story, I, what I'm hearing is I found what I really wanted to do. I wanted to be in entertainment and this is, the place and the space that I, I pursued and, and you believed in yourself and you did it and you went for it. Um, you also still have to be willing to adjust. Right. Of course, there's a lot of adjustments, a lot of like adapting, really. Like a, yeah. A ton of adaptation. I think it's I think it's a beautiful journey and I think it's also very admirable that you found your place and your space in the world at such a young age. And for all the kids listening, if there are kids listening, I, I hope that I hope that they're able to see that all you can do is believe in yourself because you can. And I think you have that. Um, but I do find it also very interesting that your struggle has never been internally. It seems like it's always been externally. What makes you say that? I don't think that's true at all. Well, because, right, you've believed in yourself and all of the things, but I think that the external circumstances have in some sort of way, shape, form shaped you also. In ways, at certain points of life, you know, yeah. it, it just depends on which specific part you, you're talking about. But um, what what was the thing that just kind of came to mind as soon as I said it? You had a reaction. So what was it? No, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of that. I was more so thinking of like when you were speaking to kids, the point that I wanted to also make was in that the adjustment part of it. Mm hmm. I got a good friend of mine who is going through it right now, and it's because he has to somewhat walk away from his music. Mm. That's what he's always wanted his entire life. Music, yeah. music, music, music. So he's going through, like, a breakup oh, no. and a depression. And I had to tell him, like, this is the adjustment period. Sometime the universe or God will tell you no for a reason, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a permanent no. Because you got to remember, like, comedy wasn't it for me. Right. I discovered my purpose, or at least found like I did. You know how they say that the two best days in life, the day you're born, the day you find your purpose? Yeah. 
I found it on a comedy stage, but that wasn't my dream. My dream was music. Yeah. I, I do remember you telling me that. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So when I had to walk away from music, I was heartbroken. Like, I mean, devastated. I was so depressed. I thought, I'll never dream again. I'll never love again. That first cut is the deepest. Shout out to Drake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but that's the adjustment is, all right, it was no, but it was only no at that time. So then I had to be open to, well, what else could there be that might fulfill my soul in a way I didn't even realize it would? That's how... I ended up finding comedy. And then you fast forward, comedy eventually put me in a space where I could go back into the studio and work on music again and then release an album that was eventually heard by thousands and thousands of people so that I got back to my first love eventually. Yeah. So that's an important part of the journey in that, you, that. you know what I mean? You, you have to be willing and open to adjust because a no right now is not always a permanent no. As far as internal struggles, 